And hello, and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. We're back again, Matt. A day early, we're pre-recording this. We're not live for the first time in a while because of scheduling conflicts, but I'm glad we could get it all done and come together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were able to do this early for me since I've got to go to work tomorrow and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird doing like a, a pre-recorded show because... I'm in control of everything. I don't have to worry about like, uh, oh, is the chat working? Is this working? Is that working? Uh, especially too, as we get closer and closer to 200 episodes. Absolutely, this is what 193. Yes, this is this is how the show used to be back in the day before we went live. So it's a weird feeling to go back to pre-recorded. Yeah. In fact, we weren't even going to do this originally. We were going to do a commentary, and then a bunch of news actually dropped, and it's like, yeah, we probably can't wait a week. We should probably talk about this now. <laughs> it was funny because it was literally like, like a couple of hours after I suggested we do a commentary, and then they're like, mm -hmm. oh, all this big news, this really big news that really can't wait an extra week. <laughs> Yeah, and I was all like, yeah, good idea, Matt. Let's do a commentary. I've been promising, you know, one of our top patrons uh, for a while now that he'll get the movie he asked for. And, uh, yeah, we'll get to do that. So well, we'll have to make him wait a little bit longer, but we're going to play around with some numbers and shit before we get to 200. Yeah, we're going to cook the books a little bit. Yeah, going to cook the books just a little, just a little <laughs> bit there. Everybody's doing it, just doing a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I guess with that being said, uh, how was your week, Matt? Have you been attacking and dethroning? god as much as i have a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i i've been uh uh doing doing that that old assassin's creed a lot <laughs> <laughs> i know right like don't you love when you see a good hashtag on twitter and i'm like oh this is delicious i hope this sticks around for a yeah. bit <laughs> <laughs> and so many people were quick to their like quick to come up with an image like what do you think of the phrase attack and dethrone god well that sounds like a persona game well that sounds yeah. like uh this anime yeah i like that it does sound a bit like assassin's creed let us attack well, and god. especially assassin's creed odyssey where you literally do fight the greek gods <laughs> you literally do and in fact hey that's uh that's a good segue matt to assassin talk assassin talk i know we've both been playing it all this weekend yes yes our podcast within a podcast is we get excited for assassin's creed valhalla which i'm again reminded oh yeah it's ubisoft and ubisoft could still fuck it up as we get mm. closer but you know yeah yeah let, they they could let us let us enjoy this happiness now before uh, we get to that point uh, Ooh, i figured out this week you can actually change the uh what is it the actual appearance of all your items so i'm not i wanted to talk around. to you about that because i've been so, doing that like on and off like since i started playing <laughs> That's an amazing feature. I love that, that, you know, you can change every piece of your outfit to match your own personal style and whatever you're going for. That's great. Apparently, that's not going to be back for Valhalla. Apparently, they're trying out a new gear system because the gear system in Origins was very light. The mm -hmm. gear system in Odyssey was very heavy. And apparently, they're trying to go for a thing in, like, uh, Valhalla where it's like, no, you pick what you like and you can stick with it. Yeah, I, the one thing I really liked about Origins was that with the gear system, the the you you could upgrade your gear and then it would upgrade on the character. Like there would be a, a change in like how yeah. the armor looks and everything. And um, that was nice. The base like like uh, I guess rags or like cloth that he would wear don't really count towards armor or anything. And they took that out in Odyssey, yeah. which I was really bummed about. But I didn't yeah, know I they had like to this. See my character visually, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't know they had this system where you could basically like, oh, you like these type of braces, but they're weaker, but you can use the visual uh, concept of them on these braces. I thought that was actually pretty cool. It is cool. Uh, I, uh, what is it? I, uh, I, I'm like, I'm almost level 20 now, but I, mm-hmm. before I even go to the next mission, I'm stopping at every individual island and trying to kill cultists on my way mm-hmm. to the next thing. And you can just fall down like whole hours you can lose just doing that. Uh, so mercenaries ain't shit anymore. Uh, no, I no, that, they're so fu- I, Last night I fought five at once and killed yep. them all. <laughs> Like, early on, it's like, ooh, a mercenary's coming, they're stronger than you. Now it's like, no, I've leveled up all my stuff, and I know how to take shields away and poison and do yep. everything else. Merc- mercenaries ain't shit. In fact, bring them on, because they drop the best gear and money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something that is sick, and I don't know if you caught in up to this either, where it's like, ooh, you can actually pick your loadout. I'm like, ooh, what a great system, because, you know, weapons and armor are either hunter assassin or warrior that's cool i love having a build out and you know it makes it so you know i'll keep more of my stuff yeah if you want the first loadout uh slot that'll cost you five thousand in-game gold and then thirty-five thousand for a third one and i'm like get fucked or uh assassin's creed what is wrong with you yeah i'm not sure why it costs it they should have made it so that it was like a quest line you had to follow or like you unlock Mm. this like like i like origins had it kind of right where you unlock slots when you reach a certain level where they kind of do it here but then there's also that one where it's like oh you unlock it at this level but you got to pay us money as well you know what yeah that's exactly why they did i'm like oh because ubisoft sucks that's why and they're like look you you could reasonably grind this out or you could pay us some uh real world money for in-game perks (laughs) Eh, eh, eh. same with the ship too where it's like you will always need so much money and so much wood i'm like but i just want to unlock the Thing so I can have all the lieutenants. Mm, no, pay me. No. And also, there's Araculum, but there's only one place so far I found where you can spend it. And it's not fucking worth it. Cause yeah. Because you're getting new shit so often, and your numbers will always be higher. I guess that's why I like or am enjoying myself so much for uh, so far. Because I don't know if you know this, Matt, but I like it when number go up. And <laughs> when number go up, good. Yeah, when number go up, it good. It, you know, tickles that part of my lizard brain. And literally, that's all Assassin's Creed Odyssey is so far, like 20 hours into it. Number go up, number go up. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely too, like, I... I've completed, I think I'm about level 20 as well. I've just been hunting cultists. I've I've completed one line of the cultists. Um, But yeah, it's... Everything's just so large. It's like there's too much. Like I was looking at the map and I'm like, oh, I've been playing for a little bit. I should have like explored like quite. Oh, no, I haven't explored anything. (laughs) And, you know, they say Valhalla is going to be a little bit smaller. It's going to be a little closer to Origins because like, let's face it. Once you've run around one piece of the Greek countryside, you've kind of seen it all. Yeah, yeah. I I hate running around that countryside. The cities are where it's at. Yeah, the cities are a lot nicer, and there's some very cool shit there, to be sure. Also, again, I'm still early in the game, but it's like, how many like, like how many ancient Greek celebrities have they been able to pull out? Because in all those other games, it's like, oh, look, it's, you know, uh, friggin', what is it? Uh, it's Cleopatra, Cleopatra and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's Cleopatra, or here's, like, you know, Carl Jung, or, like, all these people you know from history class. Here, I think Herodotus is the first one. It's like, who is Herodotus again? Oh, well, he was a ancient historian, like maybe one of the first, but no one really remembers him so much as they remember like Homer who wrote fiction, not history. I'm like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, and you got Socrates and Achiabiles and all these people. They've mentioned Xerxes a bunch, but I don't think you actually see Xerxes in the main game. I think you see one of his descendants in one of the DLC. In the DLC, the first of the blade, Darius, the guy there who kills him. Uh, right, with the the first guy with the first hidden blade. Because again, oops, we gotta we gotta keep that part of history. Because your guy <laughs> doesn't get a hidden blade in this one. He gets the spear of Leonidas. Because technically, we've already wrote that that comes later. So if he got a hidden blade, that would fuck everything up. And the spear is tight, kind of that because it kind of looks like the hidden blade, and it also looks like the assassin symbol, which doesn't oh, make any yeah. sense because the assassin symbol doesn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen until Origins, and even even how they come to that weird symbol in Origins is like, really, that's what. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of an ass pull, that symbol. <laughs> really, it fell on the sand, and they're like, that's good, let's do that one. <laughs> and also, too, it's like, so historically, Bayek wasn't really a assassin. Maybe the DLC changes it, but it's like, really, his wife was more of the assassin than him. He was kind of an assassin on the weekends, is what you were saying. <laughs> oh, well. But, uh, yeah, that's a that's assassin talk for you, everybody. Be sure to come back next week for the podcast within a podcast. <laughs> As we as we talk more, and I'm sure we'll talk more maybe when Ubisoft finally decides to open up and show us some real in-game footage and not just a cinematic trailer they called in-game footage. Yeah, a cinematic trailer and concept art, which is gameplay trailers, apparently. Oops, we done an Ubisoft again. <laughs> We've been bad, but uh, all right, I guess with that out of the way, we can... Uh, talk about our first big story of the week maybe one of the biggest stories in comics this year this you know the, the the word this will change everything gets thrown a lot way too frequently but this is a piece of news that mark my words will indeed actually change everything oh yeah and uh, that is, of course, DC Comics has announced this week that they are going to be splitting with Diamond Distributors, uh, breaking up an arrangement they've had for decades now. Yeah, it was. I, I know we kind of speculated on it happening, and mm -hmm. we did. We did. We weren't sure whether it would, but yeah, I guess what DC are doing right now with all these digital comics and how they're putting it out through like those two, mm -hmm. those two distributors. I guess it's making them money or working for them. Yeah, I mean, as we have said on this show many times before, the problem with Diamond as a distribution chain is they are out of date, they are living in the past, they don't service the community and the fan base like they should, but Marvel and DC, the big two, seemed, you know, so completely married to them and mm -hmm. the old way of doing business that they were completely fine propping them up and allowing Diamond to basically have a monopoly. And I say basically because if you have Marvel and DC, you basically have a monopoly. No no offense to, you know, Image or Dark Horse or IDW or anything, but they're, they're not moving the product the other two are. No, absolutely not. And... It yeah, go ahead. Or no, I was, I was like, and even together. Oh, yeah, yeah, even together, they, they don't match Marvel or DC. They're, they're a fraction of a fraction, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I felt like, you know, we've also been saying forever that, like, Diamond had to have been broken up eventually, that, you know, sooner or later someone would wise up to that they were getting a raw deal or that there's better ways to do it. I really didn't think it would take a worldwide pandemic to get that job done, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, it makes me wonder, like, in some alternate history where we never read this pandemic, like, nothing would have changed. Nothing would have, like, would something have eventually come along and changed? Maybe? I don't know. 
yeah, would it have just been business as usual? And in fact, this this reveals something that I never even really considered before, where it's like, is is the real reason in Marvel and DC didn't do this not because they couldn't imagine a better world or a better way of doing things, but because they were so lazy they didn't want to change the way they did things? <laughs> Maybe. I also have a feeling it has something to do, because when Diamond shut down, like it was very obvious that they couldn't survive for a long period of time having to keep paying out um to like marvel and dc and all that and so they had to suspend the payments because they they weren't shipping anything and i i have a feeling that that probably factored in heavily in dc's like well you're not giving us money why do we have to keep you around i I mean not even them diamond wasn't even paying their own people yeah the thing it's like they they had to stop paying their people very early on into this where it's like oh wow are you actually in that bad a shape and for you know for only doing it for the short amount of time that they were dc put together not one but two new companies to handle distribution for all of north america uh one of them uh was also handled by midtown comics which of Mm -hmm. course had a big giant ass you know warehouse and good you know infrastructure for doing it anyway uh i guess they'd only been doing it for a couple months and you know in my mind the idea was oh we're just gonna do this until diamond can get back on its feet and the world gets back to Mm -hmm. normal well now diamond ain't said boo we're going on three months of pandemic and quarantine and dc has books to do and a job to do so yeah they they were just willing to break it which they were able to do because as i researched this a little further their contract had come up anyway or was close to coming up yeah so it's kind of like the stars aligned a little bit for for them all uh that they were able to do this and it's interesting because to my knowledge as of us recording this i don't think marvel has said anything about this because i i would imagine they're probably quick to follow suit after this you would think so yeah they have been wildly quiet uh yeah i mean it had looked like before when dc started putting into motion to get their own distribution chain started marvel was kind of adopting a wait and see Mm-hmm. approach to it because uh marvel so far has put out way less comics than dc as dc's had their digital stuff they had another week this week of new releases and yeah it looked like marvel was just gonna wait and see but now dc has essentially forced their hand and when doing so is you know sending seismic shock waves throughout the comic book industry and the way things are done i am sure they are having many conversations now internally at marvel in order to stay competitive are they going to have to do the same now and if so how are they going to do it yeah it's it's definitely very interesting it could be this could be like a great way for both companies to sort of like come together and sort of pool resources a little bit to to sort these two those two distribution companies out a little bit more than yeah that that would exactly be really nice it would also mean maybe getting a crossover or two from them maybe wouldn't that be beautiful and i mean you know as hard as it is uh what is it for diamond itself uh the actual store owners and everything they let their voices be heard this week and you know they they were not happy with this if only for the simple fact that now they have to deal with two completely different companies to get their stock and get their books and look i i get it i'm a lazy man myself i know doing two things is harder than doing one things but some of these store owners you would think the world is coming to an end which in fairness if you've been closed up for three months this is just one more thing you don't need but yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it's been very weird how people have been reacting to this. There have been people who have been praising it, people who, like we've just said, lazy kind of store owners who don't want to have to fill out an extra form. Yeah. Um, what I'm really looking forward to is seeing how it affects them on an international scale because, mm. like, like, like my country, like, uh, comic book, we had to deal with Diamond as well here. Um, right. So, but, and at the best of times, it was very vague on when we'd get comic books. We get them weekly, but you're never really sure. The people I've talked to, you're never really sure when that's coming in. Um, so so what does that mean for the, now that DC books, like, do they not carry them now? Do they have to go somewhere else? Like what's happening with the international fucking distribution? I, I mean, I know they've been more vocal about North America, but uh, I do believe DC did say they had plans. They they didn't explain it in any detail, but no, I don't think they're going to leave the rest of the world in the lurch. They can't. Comics are a small, insulated medium. You can't be cutting out the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and as well as, like, like, it doesn't really concern me much because I, I do get comics physically, but mainly stick to digital thanks to reviewing and stuff. It makes um, our jobs easier. But yeah, I, it is always nice to go into a comic book shop every now and then and pick up something yeah, physical, yeah. and I, I really want that to continue. Definitely, and you know, it's like, that that was always what Free Comic Book Day was for, and that's something we're not going to have this year, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, as with every big, you know, changing of the guard like this, you have the conspiracy theorists out in force being like, oh, you know, DC uh, pulling out from Diamond. This is this is going to be the final thing to kill Marvel and everything because, you know, Diamond can't possibly prop up, you know, one uh, <laughs> company and like this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. I'm sure if Marvel hasn't been getting involved, there's a reason why they haven't been. Yeah, they've either been trying to sort out their own thing because wasn't it also Marvel that said that, like, uh, I know DC said it, but didn't they also say that digital and physical are like two separate like demographics or something yeah yeah i I don't quite remember that quote but i remember something like that and you're right yeah some really weird out of date quote (laughs) it's a it's a hell of a thing now because it's like wow there's officially not a monopoly anymore that's crazy i never thought i would live to see this day and also moving forward it's like okay dc your new your two new companies whose names escape me now unfortunately even though we totally did an episode on this topic are you guys going to be running your business the same way Diamond did, not counting digital, only counting stuff that's sold in stores, or now that Diamond doesn't have a stranglehold on it, will these companies be free now to start getting comic books in places that you don't normally see them, like grocery stores, drug stores, game stops, etc., etc.? Because, I mean, that's that's the new frontier there. That's the Wild West of, like, let's put comics places that you don't normally see them. Yeah, that that's going to be very interesting because then that opens the market up to hundreds of other people, like especially in the international market where like comic book shops, you you know that you're far and few between them. Uh, I know that from experience, so it'd be really great to you know go up to the local mall and like go to the I don't know Target or something. It's like, hey, yeah, yeah. comic books here, and I mean maybe treat them better than how Walmart treated their comics, yeah. but you know it's an idea. What uh, I've always said, and I know they're having a hard time now too. But movie theaters makes a lot of sense. Like, hey, let yeah. me let, let, let me get a ticket for you know Black Widow, large soda, popcorn, and ooh, is that the new Black Widow issue? Let me read that too before the movie starts. <laughs> that would actually be really cool. Yeah, like whenever I, I know they they do that as like promotions, they hand yeah. out co- free comic books. Yeah, it'd be cool to have like yeah, spinner rack 
in in the lobby of of the local cinema. Especially the bigger, higher end theaters where they got like freaking bars and restaurants yeah. and arcades and shit already. Why not throw in a comic de- uh, compartment there where it's like, look, you got like 15 minutes to kill before your movie starts and everything. Well, hey, guess what? Doesn't take long to read 22 pages plus ads. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Now, I know the thing, too, where it's like, what, our movie theater's going to be here in a little bit because apparently they're <laughs> suffering pretty hard because we're learning that you can put movies out on digital and they do quite well. Yeah, yeah. Well, remember that they're, they're, they're adamant it's going to open in July because Tenant, but I don't see that happening. <laughs> hey, hey, just in time for my birthday. <laughs> you can go to the cinema and see Tenant and get Corona. Yeah, with my mask on. Oh, I'm really happy for Tenant. Can you believe you have to watch the trailer for this in Fortnite? Yeah, well, it's a Nolan film, so you got to do the Bane voice. Yeah. Oh, hello. What for Tenant, please? <laughs> yes. Oh, Bane never changed. I I love that that Harley Quinn show. That that's just what their Bane is. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how Tom Hardy feels looking back on it. This is your great legacy. People talk like this now to make fun of Bane. Ooh. <laughs> like, do you think he just cries himself to sleep or he's like, nah, nah, I'll redeem myself with Venom. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'll finally a comic book movie that won't suck. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, see, the, the new thing where it's like, you know, Broke is making fun of the uh, Bane voice. Woke is making fun of the Venom voice. Yeah, I'm Eddie Brock. Look at me. I'm uh, I'm like Bugs Bunny if he got kicked in the head. Yeah, I'm American. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sweat a lot. <laughs> Yeah, Annie, the Venom suit. Look at me. I'm an American. <laughs> Tom Hardy just shouldn't be allowed to do voices in any movie. That would be the rule. <laughs> or only do them is the thing. Or, or just, like, not talk at all like he did in Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, which is like a fucking kick-ass role, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> That's bait. <laughs> You know, I mean, he did that movie where he played the two twin crime bosses. He should literally mm-hmm. just do a movie where he plays everybody and everyone has an equally insane voice. <laughs> everyone is different. It's it's like Eddie Murphy with the clumps. Let's do The Fresh Prince 2020 with Tom Hardy as the fresh, pr- or uh, what is it? The Nutty Professor, not the Fresh Prince. Yeah. What am I talking about? As, as the Nutty Professor with Tom Hardy playing all the different characters in it. <laughs> It'll work. Oh, It'll work. It'll be great. Man, you know, I'm half joking, but somewhere Tom Hardy's manager is listening to this. It's like, Tom, I've got a great part for you. You're going to love it. (laughs) Yeah, ditch that Venom. This is going to be a franchise. The Nutty Professor. It's you. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, there's your Diamond Distribution news, everyone. I get the distinct feeling we're going to be hearing more about this as the weeks and months roll on. Absolutely, yeah. Especially because DC is ramping up their... uh their uh release schedule with uh heavy metal coming out very or death metal yeah. coming out soon heavy death metal <laughs> yeah you, i get they get them confused they should heavy just call them both <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> but uh yeah as uh, well, we, we will not be denied event season mad not uh no. not dc is on the case not at all which is definitely good uh but yeah so be sure to keep your eyes pinned to social media and to this very show you're listening to and we'll be sure to try and get you up to speed more as this story develops and yeah don't don't be surprised if marvel out of the blue says hey we're doing our own thing now as well absolutely it's only a matter of time only a matter of time and you and you can say that you know i remember where i was when diamond distribution (laughs) got broken up 
Yeah, I was listening to the comic multiverse. <laughs> As you should be, which, geez, like, I'm trying to think, like, even in historical context, what is even comparable to this? I mean, I guess when the studio system got broken up in Hollywood. I guess so, yeah. that 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 is the most, like, close comparison with movies and comic books and stuff, yeah. And even, and even then, with life being fucked up and circular, it's like, yeah, we broke up the studio system, but now also the studio system is kind of coming back again. <laughs> yeah, and, and AT&T and Disney and all that are buying up everything. Which, you know, they own the studios that make the movies, and soon they'll own the theaters and everything else, or if they yeah. don't already. If yep. theaters are still a thing, though, we don't know. <laughs> The, the world is changing, Matt. Will you slept the world changed. <laughs> to say nothing of the unrest out there, but in, in comics land, this was the biggest story. Yeah, but you know what else changed? Uh, uh, was it Batwoman? Did Batwoman change? Batwoman changed. But not, Batwoman not, changed. not just the actor, the character. <laughs> yes, wow, what a what a crazy thing. You know, we, we had talked about this again previously, like I think two weeks ago. When we said, oh yeah, you know, their, uh, Ruby Rose is out, still under mysterious circumstances, he still hasn't actually opened up about why mm -hmm. she left, assumedly a pretty cushy, pretty long tenure deal the way that she did, but uh, yeah, they, they, they said, you know, oh, we're, we're, we're going to recast her, and then rumors of recasting quickly turned into, actually, we're just going to create a brand new character. Yeah. <laughs> Way to torpedo your show, guys. Way to torpedo because, like any other show, like it would make sense. Like, okay, yeah, I get it. You gotta, you gotta recast the actor. You might as well make a new character. But here, so much of the show is predicated on Batwoman yeah. being Kate Kane. So, like, so many plot points. And you already put so much time in the crossovers and everything yeah. else that now you're just going to lose that. And as we talked about in that episode, guys, there's way as out of this one. You could have, like, Hush change your face and everything. You mm -hmm. could have, like, a Doctor Who regeneration. There's ways out of this. You could say residual crisis energy rewrote her mm -hmm. and made her a different person. But that's, to, to quote Dodgeball, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange that they decided to do this and it as well as like because we we learned this because they put out like a it's like a casting call like yeah, yeah. female ages between this this and all that the thing is that the description is not like anything you would think someone who was batwoman would be they were saying we want someone who's quirky and funny yeah, and awkward yeah. and i'm like that's what <laughs> They say brutal but goofy, and I'm like, those yeah. two things don't go together. <laughs> that doesn't but... make any sense. All right. But then again, the more I'm read this, I'm like, you're describing Sarah Lance. You're describing Sarah Lance from Legends of Tomorrow. She's goofy but brutal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, actually, hey, when Legends ended, they blasted her away. Is she just going to show up and be like, I'm Batwoman now? <laughs> that would be awesome. Crisis energy it just took her and made her Batwoman. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm Batwoman now. And you know what? I'd be like, that is an excellent evolution for you. Because <laughs> you, you're essentially Batwoman anyway. More or less. I mean, fuck, they don't even call you White Canary, which you weren't in the comics and you didn't ex And it's a whole goddamn thing with you, <laughs> but you ended up being great anyway. And if, if anything, if I will give it the benefit of the doubt, it is because of Legends, and that is because Legends became arguably the best CW mm -hmm. show or the most enjoyable. 
and it ditched the comic stuff a long time ago and just started doing its own thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and it became good because it didn't take itself seriously like yeah. like all these other shows do. It just had fun with all the actors and, you know, all, all just, like, having fun on a set somewhere. So, like, if they veered into that and they're like, fuck it, it's a comedy now, too, that would be interesting. Or if they really, like, lord and miller it up where it's like, hey, you're not Kate. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm here now. <laughs> Thing is that that would be really weird considering who the character is. Like, suddenly, oh, this is now, like, a kind of lighthearted comedy in the vein of Legends. That would be so fucking weird. <laughs> to just change it like that, I totally agree. Uh, and, and again, too, it's not like there weren't people from the comics you couldn't have slipped in the role. Bet Kane, who is the cousin mm-hmm. of uh, Kate Kane, much in the same way Kate is the cousin of Bruce, she was Firebird or Flamehawk in the New 52. You could have put her in there. It would have been weird to go from a cousin to another cousin. <laughs> yeah, we, you could have built the whole season around... Um like a new like something happening to kate ken and then a new batwoman stepping and you don't know who it is until that last episode or something had a whole like mystery of the batwoman thing you could have made it andrea from mask of the phantasm that would have been a crazy thing uh apparently they already fucked up julia pennyworth in the show again i haven't finished watching it yet but apparently they do use her but they mess up her biracial origins and i'm like oh that's a shame yeah also, too, uh, when the, the 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 description they sent out, where it's like, oh, she lives in a van and she's freewheeling and dealing, and I'm like, so so she's Harper Rowe. So it, I, I, when I heard, heard that, I'm like, oh, she's she's Daisy Johnson from that first season of Agents of Shield. Uh, even better, there you go. To where I'm like, again, not terrible. Again, I don't know if it's Batwoman, but it's something. Yeah. It, it's very strange, very strange. And as I said before, a lot of the plot from that first season or coming out of that first season is predicated on Kate Kane. Like mm. you had you had her sister and like the stuff with her with her her an alternate universe sister coming and then going because of crisis and the two sisters battling each other. You have her father like mm-hmm. hun- hunting her and now has access to kryptonite which can stop the Batman suit and everything. Uh you've got Hush, you've got Bruce yeah. Wayne who've ju- who's just come back. Um all this stuff that's predicated on Kate being there and now she's not mm-hmm. going to be there. And now uh, she's not going to it seems very they they like i can only assume either they're actively trying to kill the show or it's like well we can't do it anymore but we already signed on for another season and we still want to get paid let's let's just torpedo it and maybe people won't watch it anymore or they have a fuck of a hail mary play i think it's the hail mary play. i think someone released this casting call because they knew it would get a backlash which it has right. it's people like what the fuck is this just cast another kate kane and it'll show the people who want to a new character that oh no we can't do that we have to have a kate kane so we'll just recast kate kane and it, why the people in charge didn't think that they needed another kate kane like they need another kate kane it, why did they not think of that who are these people that didn't think of that i know someone kicked around the idea too where it's like well what if through crisis shenanigans you get the golden age kathy kane and i'm like you know what in any other universe i would say no that's too confusing audiences wouldn't accept that you just did crisis on infinite earth they might accept it that's the thing as we said it's like the perfect out it's the perfect you've got an explanation there you throw you get i don't know fucking cisco to cameo and say oh the crisis is 
aftershocks it's happening and kate's yeah. changed you just do that which again i guess this shows that even you know well tv writers are learning a lot of comic book tricks and you know incorporating a lot of comic book storytelling into their projects they still they still haven't mastered the retcon they still haven't mastered the <laughs> no that's a layup man that's a layup you just you just dunk that shit yeah it Definitely very interesting, and even more interesting because the big crossover next year was meant to be with Superman and Batwoman, yeah. so does, is that going to change up things? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a, it's a hell of a development. It really is. Yeah, if it does change up stuff, get rid of the Batwoman and the crossover and make it like Superman and the Legends. That would be cool, too. Really just put the Legends in more things in general, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah, get, get them to get over their whole crossover, you know, stigma, and just throw uh, throw goddamn Nate Haywood doing the thong song dance in fucking in Supergirl or something. <laughs> man, that final episode, man, the hall of the greatest evils in humankind, the shake wakes, Cisco's <laughs> the thong song. <laughs> right next to, like, uh, what is it, friggin' Stalin and everything. Yeah. Twitch Nate's like that's a banger that's a lie <laughs> and then cisco literally under sings their battle and it's fucking amazing <laughs> and i'm like how did this show become the best one <laughs> they just stopped giving a fuck they stopped giving a fuck they totally embraced like all the weird shit even at the end they have like a, a they have a retro punk party where she's singing the theme to what is it their mr rogers parody show and i'm like yeah. why is this amazing <laughs> yeah it's so good why is this a and then actually make you sad by giving her like a good send-off and i'm like oh i'm gonna miss charlie and then i'm like well i missed her when she was vixen and she left and then they brought her right back so <laughs> she'll be coming her, back next season <laughs> yeah they'll just fucking call her someone else and bring her back next season <laughs> man it's gotta suck for nate too he has had two doomed love oh, man. back to back what i really love is that that never slows the character down he never gets no. like like he gets sad but he's never like i'm so depressed i'm so angsty and edgy now he just keeps going he just keeps no, going he's so good he's a positive dude he rolls with the punches i truly appreciate that you're absolutely right man spe speaking of what i said that he's always like got these doomed love interests you know who tweeted about it it was the weirdest person you would ever expect to tweet about this because it's like really they're still watching the show jerry conway <laughs> yeah it was jerry conway <laughs> And I'm like, oh, yeah, because you, you had a big dispute early on, didn't you, where these CW shows weren't giving you the money you were owed. Then you complained about it. Then they did. <laughs> and now I, you, you're you obviously getting the money. <laughs> yeah, where it's like either is he, is he like a fan now because it's like, oh, they're paying me now. Or is it like, no, I got to watch this shit every week to make sure they're not putting something in here they don't pay me for. Yeah, yeah maybe it's a bit of both. <laughs> in which case, either way, good on you, Jerry. You get your fucking money, Jerry. <laughs> you, you've well earned it yeah also also too jerry conway just a good dude in general if you follow him on twitter he's like trying this new initiative right now where it's like hey you know uh you know black creatives creatives of color and everything would you like to join me on a project to try and reclaim the punisher skull from all the d-bags out there who are using I it i know i saw that that was so fucking awesome and again i'm like fuck yeah man you do that go go check him out on twitter everyone and help him out i know we got some good creatives in the audience because yeah i absolutely agree with him the shit beards out there they don't get the punisher skull they don't deserve to have it no and as well as um uh recently uh matthew rosenberg and his run did a really great p 
piece on, on that whole sure thing did. that 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 was really great. That definitely got the share around recently. It sure did, and you know, I, I know a lot of people were thinking there. It's like you know when when is Disney just going to step in and like actually you know flex their litigious muscle on this one and be like, hey, that's our logo, that's our brand. You can't have it. You're making bootleg versions of it. I wonder if they actually make money off that, like I just the licensing and stuff. I don't think they do. Like the thin blue line ones and the fucking American oh, yeah. flag one that that scum sucking Hannity was wearing. Oh yeah. yeah, they they get that out of a trunk. Which again, if I was Disney, I'd be like, hey, you need to pay us for that or take it the fuck off. Nah, Hopefully, it's the second one. They won't do that. They'll say that on social media, but won't do anything about it. I, and here's the thing too. I wonder because it's the Punisher skull and because the Punisher is not that big a cash cow for them. Do they not care as much? But if it was Captain America's shield or like Iron Man's helmet, mm-hmm. I bet they would care. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I I have to imagine as well. Like, should they do anything with Punisher in the MCU later down the line? I have to imagine they probably would step in and do something and like oh this can make us money don't want these people associated with it the the true irony of the situation it's like you motherfuckers have never read a punisher comic in your life because if you did you would know he hates guys like you as much as anything he's always fighting against dirty cops and military conspiracies and you know skinheads burning crosses and everything frank hates you guys it's 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 what i call the 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 jason todd theory which is Mm. they see the character he looks fucking awesome they see pictures of him like blowing drug dealers away and think that's fucking awesome don't know fucking thing about the character just know that he looks awesome and the fact that they have tried really hard, like, in the last five years to distance the character from all that shit. I mean, hell, mm-hmm. when he became War Machine, he went to Russia and freed people from gulags yeah. who were political prisoners and everything. And when he went back to America, he fought uh, Hydra endlessly, you know, our stand-in for neo-Nazis. He fought the mayor of New York, Kingpin, who was a stand-in for you-know-who. <laughs> and then in the end, fought Nick Fury Jr. as, like, a big, like, conspiracy, you know, like, uncaring government pulling the strings and everything yeah he's 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 so far and away from that that the uh the frank that they think he is yeah and he hasn't been like that for like a good decade and and then the irony is too is that they kind of killed him at the end of that story slash had him go missing which i feel Mm -hmm. is almost disney and marvel being like well let's put him on the back burner then ennis can write his in his universe but we're putting punisher on the back burner until we think it's time to do something new with him do you reckon maybe as well that might have been something to do with like all of that sort of stuff like if we take him away then he he will sort of like die down and you won't see that symbol every now and then you know, I didn't at first, but now I do actually. Yeah, it was a good way to, to like send him off. But yeah, I kind of feel like maybe that's what, what they were doing there. Because I know some people I heard, and I don't fully agree with these people, but they were, you know, saying, oh, I think, you know, it's time for Disney and Marvel to do with The Punisher what Disney did with Uncle Remus and Song of the South. And I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. And then I thought to myself, like, well, actually, they, they had him, he's been off the table for a long time now, and no <laughs> word or heaven. Like, oh my god, maybe they did, actually. Yeah, I, I have a f- he's, he's definitely going to come back, but yeah, he's oh, not yeah. for a while, not for a while. They're Ennis like, will just do his stuff, but yeah. It's like, let's this shit cool down for a little bit, because the Ennis version is its own thing. He's like, no, I am a Vietnam vet, I am of my time. There's probably not even superheroes that exist in my world. This is a crime comic, it's not a Marvel superhero comic. No, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, that's that's that news, everyone. So you got yeah. uh, got your little you got your little fill of socially responsible comic booking this week. <laughs> uh, now, what else did we have? We had one more story. We the had Eisners. Yes, that's right. The Eisners, the big awards given out to comics uh, every year. Uh, I thought it would be fun for Matt and myself if we were to go through the nominations uh, because some of our favorite books and some of our favorite writers were nominated. And, of course, as with every year, too, we got to talk about the snubs because there were some surprising snubs, too, this year. There were some snubs, but also looking through the list, I'm like, oh, wow, this year actually looks like to be unlike last year, which was a complete, like, you know, self-wank fest. Yeah, last year was a wank fest. This year is much better. Like, again, I could talk about, like, I'll just come out and say it. Donnie Cates, nothing for Cates. That's unfortunate. No. Yeah, but- putting in stellar work. I know it, it's so strange. I was sure I was going to see his name up there with like, like we got Immortal Hulk with Al Ewing and all that. Yeah, we got Chip Zdarsky well is up there for Daredevil, which is well absolutely deserved. warranted. Oh yeah, oh yeah, those guys definitely come to mind. Those guys totally deserve it. In fact, you know what? I got a good feeling about Zdarsky. I think this is his year because it's just like everything he touched killed it. Like oh, everything. absolutely. Like you, there was not like a not a low card in that deck. And I'm sure if he does win, he will do something very funny when he accepts the award. Oh, I, I, absolutely. I, I'm looking for, I hope he does like a, um, he, he did one, he did like a video, like talking about like comics and it was shot, he, he like shot it all himself and it was just the most funniest thing ever. <laughs> he needs to do something like that for like a, like an award speech. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's up for best writer along with other show favorites like G. Willow Wilson, who did Invisible Kingdom, and uh, what is that? Uh, something for Dark Horse as well. I I didn't read that one, but I might have to check that one out. Uh, also, Canada's own Mariko uh, Tamaki with Harley yes. Quinn Breaking Glass, which I have not read, but maybe I should now that it's up for an Eisner. <laughs> See, that's why I like the Eisners too, everyone, because it lets me see, like, ooh, maybe I should read that, or ooh, that was on my list. I guess I'll have to check it out now. One thing I am uh, really upset that isn't actually on there is Superman Smashes the Clan by Gene Yang. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that that got robbed. That's a, that's a fucking mugging is what that one is. That one definitely deserved to be on here. If Absolutely. Not for, if, if not even for writing, then for the art, because, like... yeah. Both of those were excellent. You know what? Hey, in the in the comic multiverse awards, the 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 verses, that one definitely gets the stamp of approval. <laughs> the verses, uh, we gotta do we gotta do something like that one year, do like a we, whole award show. We totally do. Someone, uh, someone tell uh, what was it, Gene? Uh, Gene Yang. Gene Yang. Someone tell Gene Yang he won the first annual verses <laughs> for for best book. He, he he'll look at it and be like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Thank you, I guess. <laughs> Uh, ooh, uh, David F. Walker got not one mm. but two very nice nominations. One for Naomi, which is great, and a book I know you love to know. And yes, yes, it was great. Arguably the best thing Bendis has done at DC, maybe second best next to Batman Universe. But yeah, mm-hmm. really good, and I'm glad he gets that nomination as well as Bitter Root, which was his creator-owned series. Uh, yes. That, uh, 
I, I read the first issue of and I kept meaning to go back to, but good for him. He's just a really nice, really good dude, really approachable. If you ever see him at a comic convention, uh, you should talk to him because uh, he's just that personable. There is lots on here that I've like read the first issue and it was really good and I never got time to go back. Like uh, Undiscovered Country by Scott Snyder and Charles That's Soule. Right, that yeah. first issue was really good. Once in Future by Kieran Gillen was really good as well. Mm. Uh, criminal by ed brubeck i'm like that's still going no <laughs> oh, wow really yeah why did i think criminal ended <laughs> and it's best continuing series same with the dreaming which of course is another one in the big uh big dc revival mm -hmm. of uh dream and all that other stuff but uh, yeah some uh some cool stuff on here definitely uh again uh jeff lemire for ascender so there you go another canadian getting some love uh dr doom by christopher cantwell which i have not read though i do believe uh got collected uh into a trade just recently yeah and, and it's I, I keep meaning to read it because people were saying it's really good but then also i'm like well we've got steve orlando coming over to do some dr doom stuff so yeah i don't know <laughs> I know I was really bitter about reading this Doctor Doom. I'm like, no, he was he was a good guy in the uh, what is it uh, in his Iron Man book, and he had all this growth and development. No, I don't want to read him just back as a bad guy again. That feels like <laughs> stepping back in a story. But apparently, it's pretty good. So yeah. So maybe I'll I'll just have to get over myself and read it, which I feel as comic critics and you know dick joke journalists, that's something we got to do sometimes. We just got to get over <laughs> ourselves and read the thing. I will go and read the thing. <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, there's your Eisners, uh, everybody. Be sure to go check that out. I hope uh, some of the books you're really enjoying and some of the creators you really like uh, got uh, nominated as well. Yeah, good smattering of creations on yeah, there. Yeah, much better than last year's. Definitely. Oh, last, last year's was just awful. It was it was pretty pretty fucking bad last year. Uh, I noticed we were once again not nominated for best comic related periodical <laughs> slash journalism, <laughs> which is which is also a mugging and a shame. But don't worry, I I hereby award us the first annual Versi for best comic related <laughs> periodical or journalism. Yes, don't we can give it to ourselves. Don't worry, this time next year uh, our assassins talk part will get a uh, an Eisner. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the thing. And nominated for war is this podcast within a podcast. None of the comic <laughs> stuff you've done for two hundred episodes this podcast within a podcast <laughs> bullshit is what gets nominated uh that would be perfect that would be that would be very very uh very apt i do believe <laughs> uh that's fun so uh yeah i guess that's all the big news that happened this week we can talk about what we read uh i read some stuff i didn't read everything i hate to say i still have like two or three books sitting around it's it's getting interesting now trying to balance the digital stuff but also like the new release stuff as well yeah and it, it it also doesn't help and i said this a couple of weeks ago that like dc are releasing on tuesdays now and marvel release on wednesdays i think or like w whenever yeah it's, it's <laughs> it confusing. seems but yeah and then we've also got those dc digitals which is every day of the week <laughs> yeah which uh thank god for that uh what is it because like i said I, I don't know if i said it on mic or said it to you where it's like oh my numbers are down across the board thank god i had these at all if not you know i might have been fucked and also thank you for the patrons because i made more money in patreon this month than i actually did from doing <laughs> youtube so w when i eat this month and turn the lights on it was because of you guys <laughs> powered by patreon 
Powered by Patreon. Ne- never have those words been truer than they were the last couple months. <laughs> I'm thankful to say now that we're getting a nice influx of new books every month, I'm kind of starting to see my channel reacclimate to what it yeah, was. Same, same. I'm seeing my numbers go back up as like new books come out. And I think this next coming week, we actually have like the most like proper releases uh, oh, since good. this whole thing started. It's, a, it's funny, I'm actually having people who, you know, became fans of, you know, my shit when I was just throwing it together with, like, hey, Joel, when are you going to do another commercial stream? Or, hey, Joel, you know, when are you going to watch more My Hero Academia? I'm like, uh, when I can find the time. That was that was me uh, <laughs> grasping for straws, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I got a grasp again. Uh, I guess, where do we want to start with uh, new books this week? Again, I, I only read three, and they were all DC. Oh, really? Which ones did you read? uh i read uh the batman superman number nine yeah this this was cool new beginning to a new story with atomic skull yeah feels feels like this is what joshua williamson actually wanted to write and not that like secret six infected bullshit that went nowhere yeah we're 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 past that we're past that now which is good (laughs) and uh he's got some fun creative ideas for batman and superman that i uh that i quite appreciate yeah yeah i i really like this uh the, i like the voice he put for these two characters when mm. they don't have to talk about like the batman who laughs or the infected or anything it's like he's free to do what he wants definitely and also uh what is it some really nice attention to continuity that i was not expecting this batman actually spends a good chunk of this issue talking about the city of bane and how it's affected the city i like that because that's probably like one of the first times city of bane has actually been referenced outside of the city of bane and its tie-ins yes and that it was you know referenced and didn't make me angry and then i'm reminded (laughs) oh yeah joshua williamson you you kind of wrote some of that tom king stuff didn't you in the weird flash batman crossover so i guess which was good (laughs) yeah which were like some of the only bright spots as far as i'm concerned so i guess he had an invested interest and also he remembers oh yeah wasn't atomic skull like a good guy the last little bit yeah yeah i i've I've loved him as like a supporting character from the end of the new 52 through rebirth how he's he's been sort of reacclimated into like a good guy or like a guy who just wants to do good now and they, they kept that going until he blows up. <laughs> until he blows up. But, you know, but but he was still kind of good because the Superman says, ah, <laughs> yes, the city was nuked, but not the toxic kind of radiation, just a very particular type of radiation. And, oh, good, all those buildings that got blown up, they were empty anyway because of City of Bane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, City of Bane and Wayne taking parts of the city and reorganizing them in Tynan's book. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's right. There you go. It all kind of works out. And, uh... Ultimately, we discover that the real mastermind behind all of this is uh, the Ultra Humanite, which is a villain we have not seen in what feels like forever. Yeah, it, it has been forever. Um, yeah, he he's been like hiding out in like Gotham Harbor, like making like weird like religious atomic skulls that he hangs on crosses and mm-hmm. turns people into like atomic skulls, which he's planning on using to like turn Batman against Superman. Yes, yes, he's trying to build an army, and you know, this This feels like the Underpants Gnomes plot, where it's like, step one, kidnap <laughs> Atomic Skull, step two, question mark, step three, profit. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big middle step there, you're skipping there, Ultra Humanite, but alright. <laughs> yeah, he looks great in this book too, Henry did the art for this one, and this is a really nice looking book. Yeah, oh yeah, it's very, very nice looking. 
just a, just a good old-fashioned Superman-Batman team-up story that I liked. And I also liked Batman kind of have to eat crow for a little bit there when he's like, ah, oh, you know, Atomic Skull, you've broken bad again. You're a criminal like all the others. Oh, no, wait, you were telling the truth. Shit. <laughs> yeah, all right. These 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 SWAT guys are actually like weird zombie drones. <laughs> yeah, weird, weird zombie monster drones. I like his reasoning. For, he had a little bit of detective work there. He's like, that's not the right SWAT armor. That's armor from before City of Bane. Wayne Enterprises gave them new armor. <laughs> yeah, geez, isn't it nice that Batman pays attention? <laughs> yeah, he actually thinks things through. <laughs> yeah, isn't that nice? It's always nice to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, Batman Superman number nine, off to a good start for this newest arc. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had Shazam issue 12. Ah, see, I haven't read that yet, but it looks good. This this is one of the Jeff John-less filler issues, but it looks like they actually use it to tell a fun team-up story. Yeah, so this is Jeff Loveness uh, telling a story that takes place before issue one of Shazam. Um, and it sees Billy fighting the crocodile man and, and Freddie, Freddie keeps like talking about it, like how his villains suck. And it's like, you, you only have like three villains and like one's like a caterpillar and, and it's like two are only really like a big threat being Savannah and Black Adam. And, uh, and, um, Billy is like, yeah, I'm fine with like fighting these things. And then, and Freddie actually says something really cool. It's like, like you have the power to do more but you you need to want to do more and obviously you don't want to do more you you're fine stuck in that rut just fighting weird crocodile men and whatnot um so to prove prove uh freddie wrong billy goes to gotham and uh he goes (laughs) looking looking for a team up uh with batman um and he hears about scarecrow taking some people hostage so he goes and uh confronts scarecrow and he's he's kind of cocky about it because he's like oh you're literally a man who dresses up like a scarecrow. This is really unfair to you. <laughs> I'm Earth's mightiest mortal, brain. Yeah, um, but Scarecrow actually ends up getting the drop on him and infecting him with uh, the fear toxin. And uh, Jonathan's really interested because he's like, I've seen how it affects people and it's kind of boring because it's always the same. But mm-hmm. I want to see how this toxin infects someone who's literally a Greek god. <laughs> love it love it and it it causes him to like go insane and he starts seeing things and it base it's really cool how it's done because it's it shows like billy trapped inside the the uh the um lightning bolt on shazam's chest and he can't like get out um batman arrives and ends up like fighting uh scarecrow but he also gets uh gassed and the two of them end up sharing uh sort of like the the fear and it's actually really cool because Batman tells Billy to embrace that fear and use it to overcome it. And <laughs> embrace cu- the fear, embrace it. <laughs> yeah, kind of like how he did. And they end up like fighting Scarecrow and knocking him out. And uh, they end up talking after that. And uh, Batman actually uh, imparts some uh, wisdom to him, telling him that he chose to become Batman when he was Billy's age. Um, but Billy has time on his side and he needs that. He needs to use that time to figure out if this is what he wants to be. And if he does, then he needs to use that power. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. And, and, and he doesn't count this as a, as a team up because he only teams (laughs) up with Superman. (laughs) But dumb Tish. (laughs) Yeah. It was a really cool issue. Yeah. I like that. Nice one and done in a day and age when we don't get as many nice one and dones. Yeah. I also, 
like i'm sure you'll pro- when you if you review it and you'll probably get the same comments where people have this weird stigma with filler where it's like ew filler ew, it, it can't be like important to the character or anything it it, it w- why should i need to read this i'm like it's it's a really damn good book i'd i'd read it <laughs> I, I mean i get what people are saying because like when we left off I know, Shazam. yeah. All, all hope was lost. All of his villains had broken through. There was Superboy Prime. And I'm like, well, Bendis is a busy man. Unfortunately, he needed someone to fill in. <laughs> this is the, this is sequential art, everybody. Did, did, you want a, did you want a clip show? We could do a clip show. <laughs> yeah, we could bring, bring Billy on with Troy McClure. And he yeah, could do, really. be cr- behind, behind the lightning bolt. <laughs> Uh, Scott Lobdell could write an issue. Do you want Scott Lobdell <laughs> to write an issue? Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, so uh, I also had Detective Comics this week as we're on a big old Batman kick. And uh, man, this this issue was crazy. This issue went places I was not expecting. I haven't read this one yet. Okay, so I will try not spoil it too thoroughly for you. I'll just try and hit the bullet points. So uh, Batman continues to fight Two-Face and his newly formed cult dedicated to flipping the coin and deciding whether or not Mm -hmm. they'll do good or bad in the city. Yep. And we see that, like, Harvey's deteriorated even more now to where he started, like, mutilating uh, the half of his body with the scar on it completely. Ugh, yuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's getting really fucking freaky. He's actually looking more like his Arkham counterpart, actually, the Arkham video game universe. Oh, wow, they're so all scabby and shit. <laughs> yeah, where I'm like, hey, Tomasi, you, you wrote for those comics, didn't you? Is this <laughs> new, like, trying to canonize this? Because <laughs> that's what it kind of feels like to me, and... Um... Batman does the most reckless but totally Batman shit I've ever seen where Two-Face is trying to lower him into some acid. And he's like, ah, surely if I burn the other side of your face, you'll see things from my point of view. And Batman willingly lets himself get lowered into acid so it'll burn through his rope so he can push the (laughs) bat of acid over from the inside to, like, you know, make Two-Face and his henchmen scatter. Oh, Batman, you crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, that is the most Batman thing. Like, yes, lowered into acid just like I want (laughs) you've fallen into my trap two-face yeah you've activated my trap card (laughs) and he literally walks around the rest of the issue with his suit like half burnt off him oh geez (laughs) yeah i'm like that's a cool image i like that and also kind of like the arkham video game yeah 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 where he gets battle damage through the game (laughs) what's up with that and uh Eventually, the, the latter half of the issue is we finally discover the mystery of how Two-Face survived shooting himself in the head at the end of uh, Batman Two-Face that Tomasi wrote all the mm-hmm. way back in the New 52. Yeah. And uh, I won't spoil it for you, but let's just say uh, multiple other villains get involved, and it turns out it's part of a much bigger, crazier conspiracy. Oh, no. <laughs> the bullet was placed there by the CIA. and. <laughs> Like, kinda, and, like, also, like, the Court of Owls is involved, and this is Oh, fuck it all. Yes, and apparently this also ties into Joker War somehow. Oh my god, I know Joker War is getting tie-ins with Detective Comics, I didn't know this tied into it. Well, this is apparently kicking it off, because literally the final page is Joker with dynamite blowing up a piece of the city and finding, like, a Court of Owls antechamber. Oh, fuck it all. And I'm like, I was really not expecting the story to go here. I thought this was just Tomasi finishing a story he started like five years ago. But no. Apparently yeah, what a that's twist. Just, yeah, that's just a springboard to some new crazy shit. Oh, wow. That's cool. It that's is. Cool. And I'm like, I have no idea where this story is going, but I cannot wait to get there. Yeah, his, his, his goddamn uh, detective run has been so damn good. It's been so very in, 
in in Very. like what 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 like stories he's telling. Yeah, it's true. You don't know what you're gonna get. I don't. I don't think people appreciate it as much as like Tynan's run from before. But I think he's turning in good work. Yeah, he, or he's he's using the detective comic mm. part. Of, you know, he's more of a detective in this, which I really appreciate because Tynan's Batman run, while good, it's just it's it's fucking action. He's fighting fucking Deathstroke in the street with bat drones and whatnot and stuff like that. <laughs> Well, I was talking about, like, Tynan's detective run where it was, like, a Bat family. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, yeah, even comparing it to the current Batman book where it's like, yeah, this is a blockbuster movie. Yeah. And where this one's kind of like a slower, more, you know, uh, what is it, more indie film. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, I've always felt that's how it should be, you know. The Batman book should be the superhero book and Detective Comics should be the crime book. Yeah, much like how Superman should be the Superman action book, whereas Action Comics should be about the supporting characters, which is a great segue into the next comic. Hey, hit me with it. (laughs) Uh, Which was Action Comics issue 1022, which was, again, more about the supporting characters around Superman. Uh this is the house of house of kent's uh beginning uh where superman's trying to figure out what the deal is with connor kent uh <laughs> trying to fi- find out who he is and we learn that connor is from this earth but not this earth it's from the earth before the reboot so he's kind of like confirmation that the universes are being rebooted so superman takes him to the hall of justice and meets with like will magnus ray palmer all the smart people and they're all really ecstatic because they're like i told you universe has been rebooted i told you all my theories are correct a big um, blue man with his dong out dead. <laughs> um they, they 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 come to the point where superman asks like who raised connor and he tells them it was mar and pa kent because that's how it was and before the new 52 uh where superman set him up with myra and Park kent on the farm right. they go to the they go to the farm and they f- the, and the kents remember him oh they, yeah because they're alive now yeah uh the kents actually remember him but they can't remember remember him fully and as Park Kent, it's it's explains it's like when someone starts talking about something you start remembering it and it's it's like that when they as they talk with uh with connor they start remembering like memories of him losing the tractor and the lake and all this stuff um but still superman can't remember connor at all at all and he doesn't know why uh while all this is happening uh we get this really damn good story with the daily planet where perry is like obviously they've just revealed that they're being run by the invisible mafia Um, so it's kind of torpedoed the paper and he's still intent on putting out a paper because that's their job. They, they serve the public. They need to do this. Um, uh, Steve Lombard ends up quitting the daily planet, um, because he's, he's angered that Perry, uh, did this to them, kind of torpedoed their, their job and kind of made it so like the daily planet probably won't exist in the next couple of days. Um, he's angered that Perry didn't tell him and perry's like well i'm sorry your feelings are hurt but there's more important things here than your feelings steve <laughs> um yeah yeah that's really cool lois gets a tip about the about leone and the and the daily planet and ends up going to her creepy mansion where they find <laughs> that that weird soundproof pod that they were using so oh, they could yeah. talk and in it in it she finds all of the invisible mafia are dead except for leon who's still alive who has sent red cloud to kill lois lane but yeah this issue was actually really damn good because and 
it's absolutely true because the art is at so much better from John Romita <laughs> Jr. They had extra time because of the delays. Mm, the art, the, the art, like you compare issues 1021 and issue 1022, the art is like night and day. Ain't like there's crazy. actual like shading and lighting and it actually looks really damn good extra time made a book better you don't say <laughs> yeah yeah it's almost like john romita jr when given time puts in good work but when put on a bi bi-monthly book he's not good wah, wah. well that's good i'm glad to hear you're actually kind of enjoying superman again yeah well his superman book is fine i i really enjoy what they're doing with the secret identity but yeah action comics there for a long time was just complete shit yeah yeah so uh, what else did I have? Ooh, I had Justice League Dark, and this is the last of the new books I read. Oh, I haven't read this one yet. Uh, pretty solid, continuing this whole, you know, all the parliaments are at war storyline right now. Uh, there's a really good bit in here with Dr. Faye, because he kind of provides, like, the, uh, what is it, like, the overarching story for it? Because mm -hmm. Fate is Khalid again, right? He's the young yep. kid version. And he goes all the way to Tanzania to meet a member of the Maasai race. Uh, to take him up a big mountain where apparently the Maasai people have told the story for years that this is where their ancestors met God. But they didn't really meet God, they just met Dr. Fate. <laughs> Though it was so long ago, Fate was not a doctor, nor a lord, not a pharaoh. Oh, really? What was he? Uh, well, he was just Fate at that point. He had oh, no okay. titles. This, this, is, this is like at the dawn of time, at the dawn okay. of humanity. And uh, Khalid goes there because that is where he meets the original elemental gods, the spirits of fire, water, vapor, and everything else. And apparently these old African gods, which makes sense because Africa is like the birth, uh, birthplace of the human race, where yep. the oldest skeletons were found, only these guys have the power to call together a meeting of all the parliaments, as it was in the beginning, <laughs> to restore order. Yeah, when the, the parliament needs to listen to these guys. <laughs> exactly. This is like the parliament's boss. I'm like, that's cool did more write this or is this some new shit yeah that that, that sounds like new shit that sounds like something i would know about but yeah that sounds like really a, cool i like that idea because yeah you got the avatars who work for their parliaments and the parliaments talk to you know like the actual elementals themselves who i imagine then talk to god <laughs> yeah who talk to like yeah the the presence or whatever the heck it is in the dc universe they're fast and list we know angels exist but mm -hmm. justice league dark has done very little talking about heaven and we know the devil exists too <laughs> So it's a hell of a thing, and uh, Animal Man gets to gets a really cool moment. I won't spoil it for you, but he gets to be a big hero. He gets to cite precedent and ends up saving everyone from the Last of Us zombies. Awesome. That's cool. Uh, Constantine ends up managing to rescue Abigail Arcane from wherever she's hiding, so she comes back in her rot form, and she's going to be fighting her father, and that's cool. Awesome. That's what I was really looking forward to. Yeah, you know, I definitely hear more of Ram V's voice in this one than I heard Tyne. I don't know if he's fully given the book over to him yet or if it's more of a gradual thing, but I definitely hear his voice more in this. Yeah, probably a bit too uh, busy with, like, Joe Kawar and make, <laughs> making sure Punchline is a good, good character. Yeah, after this. And Clown Killer or Clown Hunter. <laughs> I love the concept of Clown Hunter. <laughs> Just a guy in Gotham who hates clowns. It makes sense. 
Uh, but yeah, Justice League Dark was good. This works as part of the arc, and it also kind of works on its own, too, as this really interesting little, like, you know, humanitarian treatise about how, like, we all need each other from all the different parliaments, be you creatures big or small, you know, without us, who will live, who will die, who will tell your story. Yeah, everyone serves a purpose and serves yes. someone else. <laughs> yeah, it's, ve- it's very nice, actually. I'm like, oh, this is kind of a cool way to show the balance of your universe and everything. Yeah. You know, sometimes the parliaments fight, but ultimately they need each other. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. Also, hey, can, like, Animal Man stick around on the team now? Because it doesn't look like you're going to magic swamp thing back to life. So yeah. can, like, Buddy Baker just join the team? Yeah, that'd be really cool if he did fill in that swamp thing thing. Because, yeah, but Buddy doesn't get enough love. He, he never really no. appears in anything. But when he does, it's always really fun. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because when he showed up in this story, he just showed up. It's not like, oh, let's catch up with Animal Man and see what yeah. he's been up to. No, it's just Animal Man's here. Everybody. Yeah, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, or right yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, no, I want to know what's up with him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to do a story for our Catwoman universe book we make where Catwoman goes to space. She's got to team up with Animal Man because he can be a cat and he could make Selena a cat, maybe. <laughs> yeah, have it really trippy. <laughs> Yeah, have it like totally. Yeah, like like go back to Coyote Gospel. Ooh, call that art Cat Gospel. <laughs> and yeah, just make it about like, what if Selena was a cat? And I know people are like, well, didn't they do that in Batman the Animated Series? It isn't that like considered one of the worst episodes. Yeah, but not like that though. <laughs> That's when they went to the island of Doctor Moreau. This would be different. Yeah, <laughs> this would be good. This will be good, yeah. So uh, so that's every book I read this week. I've been very slow getting around to shit, I, I will admit. Nice. Did, 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 you didn't read the new Deceased issue, uh, Hope at World's End? No, but I did skim through it, though. I know this one looks to be talking about Black Adam and how he's going to be like the overarching villain for this digital series, it seems. Yeah, it was actually a really cool issue. So we caught up with uh, with Kandak and what happened, and uh, Black Adam did a pretty good job keeping that virus at bay. He, uh, he immediately realized that it was a techno virus, so he, he, he got his people, because it's a dictatorship, he got his people yeah. to cut the internet off, um, which he could do with the single push of a button. Um, <laughs> hey, he's a strongman dictator, but he keeps the trains <laughs> running on time and keeps the zombies out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, obviously people did get infected, so he went out and he did uh what no other hero was able to do or had the had the stones to do and that is he killed about a million of his own people to stop this virus and it worked it worked it it saved conduct conduct was fine he he wasn't too happy that he had to do that because he had to kill his own people um but it saved the people uh and because of that the other heroes like superman and martian manhunter and all that learn that conduct is fine so they come to conduct to talk to black adam about giving these other people refuge uh black adam tells them to fuck off because you know they they won't do what's necessary to save these people so why should he let them in when they could compromise his uh his police state Um, i mean firm but fair right (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah, he, he makes them leave and then he goes back to his, his castle and turns back into a human and he's like, I want to walk amongst the people and see see what they, they think of me and what, what how they how they are and he goes into the city and he finds that the people are utterly terrified of Black Adam because of what he did and they, they, they say what he did is Black Adam's attack and that really doesn't sit well with him and he's, he doesn't like it. Um, he ends up meeting a woman whose son is ill 
uh, and he goes to see his son and her son is infected. And before Black Adam can say his magic word, he gets attacked and turned and he gets turned while he's transforming into Black Adam. So when Black Adam becomes Black Adam, he is now a zombie. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that he, if he just hadn't said the word, it would have just been a normal person. <laughs> That doesn't sound good for anybody. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, it was really cool to see uh, Tom Taylor talk about um, Black Adam in, in the slate where he's like, yeah, he's he's got a firm hand on these people, but he hates that he has to do that, but he knows that that's the right thing to do. Man, pretty timely, you know, when we look at how dictatorships yeah. all around the world deal with actual pandemics that are really happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Too, too real man but sounds like a good story i'll have to check it out yeah and the the final book i read this week was the final issue of force works which was the the oh, yeah. digital issue um right, and yeah right, right. yeah, yeah it, it was pretty cool it was pretty cool uh they they're fighting ultimo and they're teaming up with modok which the team learn is a bad idea because modok is kind of the one behind this whole revolution on this island he Damn he you, he came to the island, he made the Deathlocks to hunt down Ultimo because he wants Ultimo. But the Deathlocks, thanks to this robot revolution that's going on in the larger Iron Man story, they turned on him and they turned on Ultimo. Um, so there's all these different factions fighting for control and he ends up teaming with the, the Force Works and he gives Rhodey like this weapon that will uh, fire radiation at ultimo that will stop him uh Rody ends up doing that and blows ultimo's head off which was what modok wanted the whole time because he then puts his body in on ultimo's uh charred corpse and reanimates <laughs> it and <laughs> daisy makes this really funny joke where he's like he, he went from a guy who had a big head and a small body to a, a guy who's now got a small head and a big body <laughs> so like so yeah, uh, Alter Modok is what he calls himself. Ah, um, that's a good name. He's like trying to kill the the Force Works because he wants um he wants War Machine because he's got that new weapon, and he wants Daisy because Daisy, her and uh, U.S. agents' plan was to enact the Poseidon Protocols, which was if they couldn't kill the Deathlocks or Ultimo or any of that, they were to sink the island before anything gets off of it. Um, Daisy doesn't want to do that because there's innocence on the island and John Walker's like, oh, America, fuck you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck yeah, America, fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're like stuck in a bunker for like a big chunk of the issue while they sort of sort out what to do and that's where they find the Deathlock files, all the files that uh, Modoc had and John wants to take them for Maria Hill because Maria Hill is like kind of an evil bitch at the moment. <laughs> I mean, still. Also, is he still working for her? I forgot yeah. where Maria Hill ended up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's still really evil. She's she's an Amanda Waller, basically. Yeah. Where where did she even land? Because Shield's not a thing anymore. Is she just running this up? Yeah. She's just running. She's like the leader of Force Works now, and kind of like running it like a Suicide Squad. Like yeah. in that first issue, F F Solo was on the team, and he quit because because of what she was doing and everything. And remember well, Solo. That's a good fit. <laughs> vaguely <laughs> remember the um, works for money vaguely yeah they end up killing uh modok on or killing modok by like sealing him in a fissure in the ground uh and they return to to uh maria and she she wants the files so john gives her the drive after the team call him like a traitor and everything because he's, mm. he's just doing his, his patriotic duty 
because America and apple pie and whatnot. Yeah, um, don't you know? <laughs> but, but as it turns out, he didn't actually have the files. Uh, Bobby had them on her stick and he, he had a blank one and he just gave it to her. So Maria would send in the scrub team and destroy everything on the island. So no one can have the files, even her. Mm. And he, 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 he delivers a great line because Maria Hill the whole time is calling him like, oh, he's, he's a loyal grunt and everything. And he's like, oh, well, guess I'm just a dumb grunt. You know, oh, I don't know the difference between a, a USB <laughs> stick and a, and a full USB stick, you know? Lights. yeah it was it was it was a cool 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 uh ending to the book and i like that like throughout the whole book u.s agent is kind of a dick and then at the end he kind of redeems himself a little bit kind of knows that like no one should have all this deathlock technology and everything but yeah when it in connection to like iron man 2020 there's like no connection except yeah. oh except war machines on the team that's it that's about it which man i guess that story's got to be coming to a close soon also doesn't it I was at the end of these issues. They've got like that checklist. There's like books on there. I'm like, wait, that's out. Like, that's like, are they just skipping books now? I know the Ironheart one came out and it like came and went. I wasn't too interested in that one. But um, yeah, there's like books. I'm like, really? We're that far down the list? I don't remember reading any of these. (laughs) Well, I know they said that they were like finishing this one online. Did they just dump this one early or something because it was done? That's what I think, maybe. Like, because, yeah, there's, like, books in that are, like, ticked off in that thing. And it's like, wait, that has definitely has not come out yet. That definitely yeah. has not. So maybe maybe that, that's what it is. They're like, oh, we have this. We'll just put it out. Release it out of order. Oh, well, there it is. I'm glad yeah. you liked it. I'll, I'll have to check that one out because I like Matthew Rosenberg. And when I interviewed yeah. him, he talked, he talked forever about how, like, writing Force Works was something he wanted to do for a very long time. It was great. It, it's sad that it's only like a three issue mini because I was hoping it was going to kind of like spin out into like its own thing. But like at the end of the book, the team is disbanded and I'm sure they could work it. So it's like, oh, no, the team comes back together or something. If, if it sells well, it's always if it sells well and there yeah. seems to be an interest in it. Yeah. So you just have to go out and buy every copy of it. So it sells. <laughs> well, actually, maybe it didn't sell well because they dumped the last one online. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe that's the death nail in it, unfortunately, Rob. <laughs> so uh, so is that it then, Matt? Is that everything? That's everything. Oh, well, so uh, thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Sorry we couldn't have a live show this week, but you know what? Them's the breaks. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope we brought a little fun and levity into your life in these in these trying times. Would you would you like a podcast, Matt? These <laughs> trying times. <laughs> we can offer you one. So uh, thank you so much for watching and listening. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this one first before anyone else. For as little as a dollar a month over on Patreon. Uh, again, thank you, Patreon, so much. You've really, you've literally been lifesavers in these last two months, and I appreciate it. Uh, what else? Uh, for everyone else, it's uh, Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time without fail. So, yeah, you can listen to that then. Yeah, uh, thank you uh, for listening here. Um, yeah, as Joel said, sorry, couldn't be live this week, but we'll make it up to you next week. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we will do a Patreon uh, commentary next week or something, uh, depending on news. Again, we were going to do Ant-Man this week, and then the Diamond news dropped, and I'm like, well, we can't not do this. Yeah, yeah. So here's hoping nothing crazy or seismic happens next week that hijacks our plan. But who knows? It's 2020. Anything can fucking happen. Yeah, the fucking angels are going to come now. 
Yeah. Oh, what's that? The sky's raining blood, you say? Huh. The, de <laughs> the death of the Forceborn son? Huh. <laughs> yeah, there's a swarm of locusts? What? <laughs> uh, man, I love those murder hornets where, like, remember for, like, a week everyone was scared of murder hornets? Then the murder <laughs> hornets came in, saw everything else that was going on. They're like, ooh, we will be back. We can read the room. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to sit back, sit this one out. We'll come back in 2021. <laughs> we'll come back. 2021, year of the murder hornet. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have that in my Chinese astrology chart, but I'll just I'll just pencil that in. Year of the murder hornet. <laughs> and on that note, everyone, from all us murder hornets here to all you murder hornets out there, thanks for watching. Oh, man, that's a good name for our fan base. The murder hornets. <laughs> the murder hornets. <laughs> No one will get it. It will be excellent. It'll just be for us. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.